there's uh, something momentous, monumentous, montanimous happening right now. For the first time, comfortably ever, but for the first time in a very long time at all, we see, we are looking at each other's faces. I... Which is... We're so scared. We're both so gun-shy. There's no lag. There's no lag right now. But if any of us makes a sound, we stop because there's we just assume there's so, going to be yeah, a lag. Gun-shy. That <laughs> sucks. Oh. So, Macy, if you've been keeping up with the saga, everyone take a moment. Take a moment to take a deep breath and let out a celebratory screech. It's here. Uh, Macy, tell us what happened. It is. what a, You know what? Let me tell you something. What a tale. What an absolute mm-hmm. saga it has been mm-hmm. uh, because so much has happened from when they said when this was all supposed to go down then for, to being in this moment. And uh, finally, after – so it's going to be on the 15th of January. It was never done being installed onto the pole. We went back and forth. They got it installed on the pole. It was a great day. And after that, they came. They ran the line, hooked it up. Internet started working. It was like, holy shit, we, we got it. And then they come and they bury the line that they dug. So we had internet. They have to because it's like because it's a fiber line. So then they so they run it. And then another team comes and buries it, right? So for about three days, we had just rocket fast internet and we're like this is the life we've lived it and then the trench diggers came and they cut the internet line and just fucking severed it (laughs) how absolutely on par at that point at this point i felt absolutely nothing like by the time that the router was just red and it was just sad, pulsating red. I was like, great, great. And they were like, okay, well, so after they cut it, they were like, uh, listen, all right, so we, we we got the line. Sorry, we got the line. But there's going to be a tech coming in like 30 minutes. And this was on Saturday. Nobody ever showed up. So we didn't have internet at all on Sunday. And so I called on Monday and I was like, are you coming out? And they were like, sure, we'll come out on Tuesday. And I was like, God damn it, you guys. So as of this morning, it's working. It's here. I'm looking at your face Uh, with clarity. Yeah. With clarity that, yeah, you guys uh, at home, listen, if you, if you are, if you have the app, the privilege Mm -hmm. of having a fast internet, you probably don't understand. Just for a moment, put yourself in the shoes that we've got going on here. And you'll understand how fucking happy we are about this. This is crazy. Feels good. Um, yeah, it, it, like okay, just to describe. So uh, one thing we're thinking about doing, you guys, is because we record now over what is this Google Record or some Neat. shit? I don't know. Uh, it records our camera stuff too. We think we don't know. We're new to this, so we're thinking about perhaps putting this up on Patreon or maybe YouTube, expanding the Waba, you know, name a little bit here. <laughs> the thing is. <laughs> You can actually see, you know, and you'll be able to see us move. But Macy, like, whenever you would do this or lift the mug like you just did or you, anytime you would make any kind of big movement. And if you guys are watching this, you can, you know, obviously see. But you would kind of like and it would like freeze for a second. And then you'd be over here talking and then you would lift a mug and it would look sort of like so it was like it would struggle with the big movements. 
So now seeing you fluidly do things. Um, I'm not a robot. It's, it's a whole new world. I'm not a robot anymore. Yeah, and yeah. It's amazing. Not a I'm robot. alive. I'm yeah, a real crazy. boy in Aquarius season. And that's a feat. Whoa. Yeah. Um, I'm scared with the mention of Aquarius season. Because I feel like that means something something's happening like i'm either sitting here not actually talking to you right now or the internet has imploded and we just think that we're like we're communicating with each other but on listen back it'll just be like something is it would be pretty sweet if every aquarius season every aquarius person got to slip out of their skin and go to this big ass aquarius Mm -hmm. party like, you know, and then your skin's Ooh. just on autopilot during the whole season. But as I say that out loud, I don't think that many Aquariuses want to hang out together. And I just don't think it would no. work. Yeah. Maybe you just That's slip out of your body. This doesn't happen. You slip out of your body for Aquarius yeah. season to go be completely and utterly alone somewhere for all of Aquarius season. Yeah. Yeah. And for all the rest of us know, that's what y'all do. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. We'll never know. You guys will never We're tell. We're never going to tell. Anyone. We can really keep a secret. <laughs> and if we say it, no one would believe us anyway. No. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, yeah, fucking, you would say that. Conspiracy theorist. Yeah. yeah. All right. Tell me about Bigfoot now, It's Mom. a perfect cover. All right. Uh, wow. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to have to figure out how to bring up my notes and not completely uh, wreck your wreck your face, wreck this brand new thing we've got going on. Um, but what are we... What are we talking about today on today's podcast episode? I know I had to really remember what show we were, uh, what show we were talking about today. My whole week is thrown off as today's for Mm. some reason, but like, I really had to remember today. I was like, is this our real job or is this MILF Manor? And I had to really take a second (laughs) to sort sort it out. But yeah. This is our real job, and I'm talking to you today mm. about raccoons. I love that. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just sometimes when I can only hear you, I know you're doing certain things with your face, but seeing them, <laughs> just the flat delivery of raccoons. <laughs> I. <laughs> Uh, forgive us, you guys. This is this is new to us. Uh, I'm going to talk to you about. I'm talking to you about crokite. Mm. Good crokite. It's a mineral. It's not just a rock. It's a boulder. Welcome to the Witch Bitch Amateur Hour. It's a podcast where we talk about witchcraft. My name is Charlie, and are you mad at me? This is my cousin, Macy. Uh, My name is Macy, and the only thing that will make me mad at you is the repetition of that question. Are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? You're acting like you're mad at me. Oh, my God. Why are you mad at me? I I can tell you're mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) And today's episode goes out to our Patreon that keeps the show going. Our Patreon today's name is Carissa C. Okay. Okay. Now there's people watching me. It's not eating all precious fucking. Okay, on. sure. Fuck you. This is how you remind me of Carissa C. It's not like you to say sorry. Fuck you. I can pull one out of my ass when I need to. 
That was such the one to pull out, too. Oh, yeah. Aggressive. Aggressive. Yeah. I like how clock it, you know? We should we should we need to start making a graph of how many of the songs for our Patreons are just insulting. I know. It's not like you to say sorry. It's not sorry. like you to say sorry. It's either I insult them or I imply that they're in love with me. Or I am in love with them. And some fashion. Yeah. It's one yeah, of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time. Yeah. Or you're stalking them or yeah, 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 yeah. It's not my fault that's what all the songs are written about. I'm just I'm just working with I'm just working with uh, what I've been given. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's Aquarius season. Sure. Let me be faultless. I am. I, I am I faultless. I don't even no nope. you don't even have to let me. I know that I am. Aquarius season starting to feel a lot like Leo season. They're they're sister signs, my guy. I I love it. I love it because this is when I get to I get to drench you. I get to pour the Aquarius bucket on you for a month, and then you get to do it on me in Leo season, and it evens out. I'm going to talk to you about crookite. If I can do it, then okay. Because I could sit here and bullshit for like 20 more hours. But (laughs) the first thing, Macy, the first thing you need to know about. Well, okay. Let me tell you how I got this. You remember that trip to the museum that I took? I do. Fruitful. Yeah. Fruitful. Extremely. They had the gym expo and I went walking through it. And uh, I took, I I made sure to snap some pics of some things that really snagged my eyeballs. And this Mm. was one of them. And it's because of this structure that it grows in first of all it's one of those minerals slash crystals you know whatever you want to call it that grows very stick like it looks Mm. like a bunch of toothpicks cool you know what i mean yeah um but there it's it's the color that got me it's this striking red color and plus in this uh museum it was like i said it was all dark with these brilliant lights shining so it just looked that much more like beautiful i did look up some online and the color range of these is basically like a uh, very orangey yellow all the way to a very uh intense red and there's some online that just sort of look like a pile of toothpicks because they're that color okay um if you're looking it up it's c-r-o-c-o-i-t-e crocite uh yes crocite oh yeah it looks like a sea urchin yes yeah 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 uh but for some reason in a lot of the ones that i like a lot of the articles that i chose to look at they didn't use these vibrant brilliantly red colored one they use like the really pale ones that just look like a a moldy chicken nugget dude some of these on but on that note some of these bright ass red ones look like a like ghost pepper wing a little ghost pepper sauce wing or something like that a little piece of tendy and i'd eat it it looks delicious it it definitely has the forbidden candy vibe uh but what you need to know about crocite is it is lead it is Mm. at least of lead lead inclusion so the first thing i want to start us off with is a little bit of a safety safety guideline don't eat it definitely um you want to avoid inhaling its dust so if you have some of this and for some reason you're like i'm gonna grind this down and make a powder out of it for reasons that we'll get into uh don't do that 
wear protective gear if you want to handle it. And if you happen to handle it barehanded, wash your hands after it. Okay. Uh, Crokite. It's part of a family of minerals known as the chromo, the chromates, sorry, the chromates. And that's funny. And I'm sure you might, you might say it like the chromates or something, but it's C-H-R-O-M-A-T-E-S. And to me, that says chromates. I bet they have fucking jackets. Come on. I bet. Oh, my God. The crow. We're the chromates. It sounds a lot like uh, we're werewolves, not swearwolves. I love it. Uh, You know what? I'm good for them. Everybody needs a club. Chromates. Mm -hmm. That's adorable. While crokite's vibrant color uh, makes it stand out. The other chromate minerals have a, as they say here, a less conspicuous color so of the gang this is the bright one this is the one getting all of the attention okay and uh it has also a um distinctive growth pattern as well as we've seen it looks like the uh, does it look like you dropped a box of toothpicks on the ground a little bit it's that jumbly like spiky it's like what a punk wants their hair to look like you know kind of do you remember the game kerplunk Yes! That's what it reminds me Is of. that the one where you pull the stick out and you try not to drop all the marbles? You got the marbles all up top. Yeah, and mm, they're all on mm, a, like a mm. bed of sticks and you got to yeah. pull out stick. It's kind of like uh, uh, the tower one, Jenga, but... Um, Jenga, with but like spaghetti. and marbles. Like yeah. red spaghetti sticks. Yeah. Yeah. So the name Crokite comes from the Greek word... Crocos meaning saffron. Which okay, is the color. To its color. Got yeah. it. Also, crocite is sometimes referred to as red lead ore, which I think is fun to say. Red lead ore. Red lead ore. Red lead However, ore. red lead ore. But uh, even though it's called lead ore or red lead ore, there is not that much lead in it to like be useful for industrial purposes, right? So we're not mining this for the lead for the purposes of lead. It's just, there's enough lead in it that you want to be careful of it um, when you touch it or put it in your mouth. You don't want to, yeah, you don't want to suck on it and put it up your butt. Exactly. Because it does contain lead, chromium, and oxygen. That's what it's made of. Uh, The hardness on the scale, that old scale is 2.5 to 3. Uh, the luster is described as ad- adamantine too greasy. Yeah, so I love I to throw that in there. That's my favorite yeah. one. It is translucent to transparent in uh, its appearance. And it's also known to exhibit a fluorescence under ultraviolet light. Uh, and this is the fluorescence that appears in shades of yellow or orange and not like the green. So mm. that's always fun. Now the cleavage is described, and I'm not sure if we've had this yet. The cleavage is described as distinctly in two directions. <laughs> <laughs> I know that speaks to somebody out there. Right? I want to meet that uh, cleavage and I want to yeah. shake that cleavage's hand. That sounds like fantastic. Sh- yeah. Wow. Buy that cleavage a beer. Distinctly. Yeah. Distinctly. In two in different directions. Two directions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. not, not like kinda. It's, it's a full trademark. Distinctly. 
<laughs> uh, crokite forms. <laughs> God. Uh, okay, so it forms. Uh, excuse, now I'm all self-conscious about my nose. I feel like you can see all my boogies. Anyway, I can't. Crokite. Thank you. Tell me if you can. Just <laughs> okay. at any point, stop me and tell me if you can see my I'll boogies. I'll say I can see your boogies. Don't worry. That'll be our code word. Okay, thanks. It'll uh-huh. be a, a secret code word. Uh, so, uh, crokite forms. Listen, it forms in lead deposits mm. uh, and is often associated with the other lead minerals, 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 uh, and the notable occurrences were uh, Australia, uh, Russia, and the United States. But I want to talk more about Australia here in a minute because there's a very particular mine where this crokite kind of comes from. So, it was first described not discovered but first described in 1797 by a german mineral mineralogist uh and geologist by the name of franz ludwig von kober that sounds like fun uh that sounds a like, like a german name yeah so uh the reason that they came across this is because they started pulling this stuff crocite out of the adelaide mine in Tasmania, Australia. And it was a surprise. It was a shock. This is not what they were looking for. They were Mm. there for silver. uh, And they were pulling silver out. It was a big silver, silver lead mine. uh, And then all of a sudden, this red shit starts coming out of it. And they're kind of like, what? What the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? (laughs) And it starts to, because of this bright yellow bright yellow, bright red-ish, you know, pigment that it has starts to gain popularity. So this mine starts to become like the number one place to get this crokite from. Um, And because of that, because of its popularity and just the weirdness of it being discovered as like a secondary mineral in this mine and then how much of it there was, uh, crokite actually uh, was adopted into Tasmania's uh, mineral emblem. It's official mineral emblem. So that's cute. Now, there's something, if you're a painter, if you're an artist out there, there's a pigment, yellow pigment known as chrome yellow. Have you ever watched uh, old, old Bob Ross? I'm, I think chrome yellow made an appearance once or twice, along with titanium white. Oh, titanium white. And then you titanium got the ochres. White. Yeah. And then that one blue that he always talks about, but I forget what it's called. It's got a silly name, though. Uh, okay. The bright yellow pigment, known as chrome yellow, uh began to gain some popularity in the 19th century, started getting used a lot in paintings and in textiles. Uh, and chemically, they found out that it is identical in composition to uh, the, the crokite stone. So while it's not, don't, don't do this now, but it was used to pigment things and to make this original chrome yellow which then later came you know and they were like mm, maybe let's not let's let's not do this out of lead let's make this another thing but when they made it it interestingly was just identical in composition uh to the to the stone hmm. in the 20th century people started getting wise about the toxicity of lead uh and all the bad things that can happen uh including crokite and collectors and researchers and fans of crokite began to start taking precautions finally with this stuff uh to not lead to lead exposure and that was not until the 20th century so i'm like what were you doing before that i mean i just i just feel like 
one day you open your newspaper and you just go, yeah, because you've read the news of what can happen to your butt from popping it up there. You go to the bathroom, you have to rip it out of your butthole. Folk healers, <laughs> folk healers, uh, believed that. Now this is sort of uh, ancient uses here, but. Folk healers believed that Krokite treated people for infertility, particularly infertility um, caused by something, a, a uterine nature. You know what I mean? So, okay. like if, so it, not, if not spurting infertility. This is in... not spurting infertility. Okay. This is like the, the internal plumbing, I okay. guess. Um, <clears throat> magically. Big associations with fire. Um, obviously, you can guess why it looks like fire. Uh, it is associated with themes of fire, including passion and creativity and vitality. Uh, there is also a big, there's also a large tie to transformation and change. So this is a good stone to use in rituals, focus on personal growth, metam- uh, metamorphosis, <clears throat> also creativity, passion, passion, and your emotional well-being are tied in to this stone. Some say that the patterns within the crystal can enhance their ability to receive spiritual insights. Mm. Is, was there more info on this or, or why? No. <laughs> Crokite. <laughs> Crokite, along with being used for infertility, like one of the uses that goes back along the longest that I could find, was to improve memory and to uh, improve your mood. Which is strange to me because that doesn't seem tied in to its use at I all. I feel like lead fertility. is not going to help memory retention in the long term. maybe in the short term uh i don't know uh it blasts all of your neural networks open for just like a short period of time maybe so now in research i did come across a website uh it's kabiragate.com i'll put a we'll put a link to it um in the notes but they say specifically of crokite that this is able to endow you with a with i'm sorry with such sexual attractiveness that there will be no end to the fans that you receive that doesn't sound appealing that sounds spooky this sounds Uh, like a like a monkey's paw kind of kind of deal or you know yeah like like, wish uh, gone wrong what's that movie perfume or uh Is, is it perfume? Is that what it's called? Yeah, when he puts on the, the, the murder scent and everybody comes. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I didn't know. Is it perfume? Oh, yeah, that's perfume, buddy. I didn't know that uh, anything about that movie. And then one of my roommates put it on in college one day. And like two and a half hours later, it was just over. And I was like, what do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I, uh... Listen, I recently watched Saltburn for the first time, mm. and uh, did you watch it? No, I need to. I, I, I need to do uh, it. I know where it is. I've located the streaming platform, and I, I need to watch it. I want to. I've, uh, I feel like the reaction might be similar, and I, I just want to kind of post a camera onto your face. <laughs> and so a thumbs up in the chat if you want to watch Macy watch Saltburn. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to watch me next to her, just looking at her like... 
I've heard a lot of uh, just little snippets, enough to have me deeply curious uh, about mm -hmm. what is inside of this movie. So I do definitely mm -hmm. want to uh, watch it. Aside from all of like the uh, big eye-catchy stuff, uh, the the big the big parts of the movie, it is just like a pretty. English film. I'm down yeah, for that. And, uh, I'm a sucker. Yeah. I'll take it. And it's like a, listen, it's like a big English house. Wind in. I don't even real or not a role play. I don't know yet, but wind vampires in there, and I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm in. It's fine. <laughs> all right all right all right all right Ooh, all right uh so yeah this stone is uh salt burn i guess crokite equals salt burn uh no but uh, they say that you will have no end to the fans that are attracted to you because you will become so sexually appealing mm. uh they also on this website say astrology astrologers say that this gem can be worn uh, I'm sorry that this gym cannot be worn by people born under the sign of Aries because it makes them arrogant and arrogant. <laughs> Good. Well, hey, don't tell me what to do. You know, it, like, yeah, I can't be that. Don't bad. tell an Aries what yeah. to do. Like, yeah, way stop. to make sure that they're gonna fucking do it. You single out yeah. a single stone and say you can't <laughs> wear this. They're gonna say okay, and they're gonna fucking <laughs> wear it. And I think the phrasing even was astrologers say that this gym cannot be worn only by people born under the sign of Aries. So it takes it even a step further. Uh, yeah, it's good. Arrogant right. and arrogant arrogant which i'm sure was a typo but reading it just made me go <laughs> uh all right so we have this stone that embodies the passion of fire the creativity it stimulates uh sexual passions uh it is d dangerous to touch so perhaps admire it from afar wow. which hey if maybe that's something you want to incorporate, if you are looking for this attractiveness and you are looking for this endless amount of fans, mm. but maybe you want to be admired from afar, you know, maybe you don't want to be touched. I get when, it. You know, uh, home invaded or whatever. This like, is yeah, usually, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling this. This is nice. Yeah. yeah it's like, it's, tell me. Look at me. Yes. I'm pretty. I'm fiery. Yeah. Uh, not for Aries, but also... Like, perceive me, me, but over yes. there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you do touch me, wash your hands after. I like that. Just seems good. Not before. Um, after. After no, they I mean, touch you. you they just, need to wash their... Oh, you're I, talking about the rock. Okay. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, after you touch me, you're gonna be filthy. <laughs> Um, but I was, I was kind of trying to dig into a deeper meaning behind this mineral because it, 
it didn't seem to have a massive history like some of the things that we go into. And while there are aspects of it that are, that are interesting that you can draw the fieriness from the color, it is beautiful. It is said to stimulate your creativity. And I could see that if I had this here, like on my shelf, I would feel that fire that kind of right right there in your belly. You know, I would I would be able to get that. But I wanted to pull more from it. And it just sort of popped in my head. Okay, so picture this. All right. And here's you'll have to go on a journey with me okay i'm going picture this it's tasmania we're in a place that's known this particular mine known for its silver and its lead right we've got these miners here they're digging away they're minding their own business and they're expecting all the usual stuff when bam all right out pops crokite this wild and vibrant and fiery looking crystal and it's like surprise bitch i'm not what you were looking for am i Right. And I think we can relate that a little bit to like to like life. Right. Like I think we can set out on our path thinking we we know where we're headed, thinking we know what's up and we know what's good. And then, boom, life throws us a big fat fucking curveball. And we end up discovering things about ourselves and the world and other people that we never saw coming. And I think that even though it was not a a part of the original plan, and it sort of left everyone that were was there kind of like, what the hell is this? It, it ends up being um, a magical twist on things. And I think it's sort of like, you know, what is it? Guys? I think there's more to this journey than meets the eye or whatever he says. I wrote, there's more to this journey than meets the eye. And I know that's not the quote, but... It made me think of when he said, does he say, I think there's more to this hobbit that meets the eye? Or does he say, I think there's more to this outfit that meets the eye? I don't remember. After he was skewered like a wild boar. And he has this tight little mithril shirt on. And everybody's like, oh, wow, you should have died. <laughs> and he, he splays his chest and everybody rubs it like yeah, that. Yeah, they you really know? do all touch it. It's like, you'll know that is, is, yeah. that's mithril. You know what it is. You don't have to. What is touching it going to tell you? I would touch it too. I mean, I, I get it. It's legendary it as fuck. Yeah. It's worth a ton yeah. of money. Like, I guess. If Gandalf was just like, this is worth more than your whole ass, like, country Everything. that you're whatever. Yeah. yeah. I'd touch it. I do I would, like to touch things. Get a I can't help it. Yeah. But also, if I did just get stabbed by a giant cave troll and don't like, touch my wound, I don't want, don't touch me, don't finger my wound at please. this moment, please. Um. Anyway, uh, relate this to your own life. I think. <laughs> okay. I think we can think about our journey, and we can find us ourselves many times in life on a completely different path that we planned uh and you can kind of dig into your own soul mine if it were and you can stumble across the hidden gems within yourself uh so yeah while it's uh not something that was expected it did happen and you move forward and it, it was this wonderful thing that brought a lot of acclaim and fame to this particular mine and hey not all curveballs are a bad thing and i think it's just uh, about embracing the unexpected and perhaps stumbling along some extraordinary treasures twists and turns along the way um and uh may the unforeseen surprises be the most enchanting part of your journey not all who wander are lost. But mostly. But mostly. You could be. 
you could be lost. Just sometimes be it's sure okay to you're admit not. that you might be lost. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's Cocoa Melon. Great. Yeah. Great. Good. Crocus. It reminds me of the crocuses. Isn't that which crocus? Isn't that what is a crocus? Is that a bug or is that a bird? Is that a? I thought it were a flower. Oh, it might be a flower. <laughs> it might I don't be. know. It just reminded me of the cicadas that are Dude, coming out this year. I'm about to. The I'm gonna. Year and the seventeen. I talk about them a little bit, and uh, it is a flower. You are correct. It's neither a bird or a bug. Um, <laughs> I I bring it up a little bit in the in the raccoon uh, topic as a uh, plus in the column for the raccoon for those of you that oh. might not be looking forward to the uh, cicadas and gobble uh, gobble gobble them oh, up gobble 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 man they just get out there and they just Hell go yeah, rah, 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 and they just get in there and <laughs> go fucking <laughs> they just motor they motorbike all Listen, the cicadas dude before we start with your topic we need to let the people know that this space is for rent it's for <laughs> rent you can purchase it we're for sale yeah Right, slide slide up comfy right in between me and Macy's topics mm-hmm. and have yourself a nice girthy little ad segment. What do you do? You sell a witchy product? What do you do? You, you provide a witchy service? What do you do? Something not witchy, but you think witches will like? Hit us up. WBHpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know. And we'll let you know about our uh, advertising services. You've heard them. You love them. Put yours here. Wabba! Mm. Stick it here. Right, You'll be Macy. in a Charlie and Macy sandwich. If you were a sandwich, what part of the sandwich would you want to be? Mm, I'd want to. I'd want to be the cheese. Mm, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'd want to be the cheese. Uh, I feel like it's a good layer to add to a sandwich that kind of adds moisture but it doesn't necessarily make the sandwich Mm. soggier but it does make it less dry also you get a pungent nature from the cheese and i am a fan of the pungent flavor profiles and that cheese on the sandwich really really brings that Mm. that Mm. tart kind of pungent nature to a to a good sandwich what about you? What if it's just like a layer of fucking, uh, what's it, not Fermunda, not Fermunda, not foreskin, Borskin cheese. What's Ooh, it called? Borsin? Borskin? Bors- yes, Borskin cheese. Dude, it's cheese. Me, I'd be, I gotta, I gotta be the bread. I gotta be the bread. I gotta be a thick, chewy, soft, delicious bun. <clears throat> Pillowy. That's good. That's Maybe a good a part basic. of the sandwich to aspire to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all need it. We all need the bread slices in our lives to help yeah. hold us all together. Yeah. I'm that or I'm the onion. It, there is no in between. Both important, in my opinion, in yeah. a sandwich. Like, if I'm home making Dude. a sandwich, you best believe I'm slicing a fucking onion and putting it on there. A raw Come onion on. on a sandwich? With oh! Some, oh. Mm. Yeah. Dude, some I salt could, and some pepper. I could eat me a Baby. good sando right now. I could. I could have a sando one. right now. I could really do it. Are it we gonna break lunch. for sandos? Are we gonna have lunch? <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Uh, I am going to talk to you about uh, something, though, that would eat a sandwich in front of you right now if it could. And it will if you let it. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And they'll look at you with their weird little human paws. They will. We're going to talk a lot about those hands that they have today. Somebody Uh, needs to. God damn it. Talking about the raccoon. Procyon, Procyon, Lotor being the Latin fancy name. So, Lotor, in this case, names the raccoon the washer. So, it means to wash. Washer, that's what that word means. Okay. And we're going to get into this, but there's a theme here. Because in Germany, the raccoon is called the Waschbären. Or... Or it's, I don't know if they roll their R's, Vashbaren, maybe. Uh, or Washing Bear is uh, the the translation to that. So what's going on with all this washing, right? With this raccoon, why are they washing? Well, raccoons have long been observed. Uh, if having the opportunity to do so, they will dunk their food in water. They will wet their food before eating it. And it's always looks like they've washed their food. Like they're, they're like rinsing their food That's off. gross. I was so excited. For washing bear, I thought it was going to be so cute, but like soggy well, foods. But there's gross. a reason for it as to why they're doing it that I actually think is cooler than the the washing aspect of like no, they're not actually washing their food. I mean, these they're fucking raccoons. They're dirty little garbage animals. No, they're not washing yes. their food. They don't give a shit about washing their food. Not to mention they might just be dipping that food in like a dirty puddle <laughs> yeah. on the street. Salmonella River. Yeah. So like, no, that's not what's going on. But the real reason why they're doing this, which is really cool, is that it involves their hands. It involves their weird little forepaws, uh, especially mm-hmm. their front little feet. And raccoons have so one they don't have opposable thumbs like we do so that their thumb is not fully opposable but it is they do have very very dexterous hands that can just do all sorts of shit they can grab and they can twist they have four thumbs i know it but they they technically don't have the the articulated or like thumb articulation that we have Hmm. uh but they do have five fingers that they know how to use and so uh their paws, though, specifically, uh, the skin of their palms is really sensitive. And there's a whole bunch of nerves going to their palms. This whole wiring setup, a sensory setup in their little hands that can better process what they're holding. But the kicker is, is that it works better. The neurons light up and function better and give more sensory information with water. So the raccoon dips its food in water because that water connection to their palms between the food, like it helps the nerves give them more information because what they're doing is they're learning more about what they're about to shove in their face. They're wetting the food to learn more about what it is that they're eating because kind of like how dogs see with their noses, raccoons largely see with their hands. They're since they're a touch oriented creature and the amount of like nerves that they have wired up in their hands to tell them what's going on about the world and what they're touching is huge. So that's what they're doing when they wet it. They're trying to activate those nerves better so they can like better figure out like, what am I touching right now? They're very touchy little creatures. All I can think about is wet, soggy <clears throat> bread. All I can think about love is it. soggy ass bread. Nom, nom, nom. There's that video of the raccoon that keeps trying to dunk cotton candy and it just melts. Oh, yeah. In the but that's what it's doing. It's Dumbass. trying to learn about what's going on. And 
so raccoons are native to North America. Uh, they can be found pretty heavily in Canada, uh, the U.S., save for the Rockies and certain high, high elevation parts, apparently of the Southwest. They're not into that. They're not into that life. They're not living there. Uh, but they're in Mexico, oh. Central and South America. But this is an opportunistic little species of critters. And because of that, they've basically established themselves in multiple other places in the world that they did not originate in. And they are thriving. Some might say they are invading. Um, <laughs> Some might say they're a problem. They're an issue. So one of these places is Germany, which I learned from a very fun article called Beer Drunk Raccoons Are Taking Over Germany, uh, which was <laughs> a good times, fun read. And I love that. So good for them. Apparently, they're really big fans of beer in Germany, and anytime there's festivals and whatnot, like raccoons will find all of the empty bottles and the mold wine cups and get I hammered get fucking drunk. And Hell yeah, dude. Act a fool. All over town, oh, yeah. breaking into people's houses, dudes, trying to yeah. break the Like, and the thing is, is people underestimate raccoons and how vicious they can be. If it's little enough, they'll kill your fucking dog. They don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. If it's like a little mm -hmm. chihuahua, they're coming for it. You know, something like that. So, like, <laughs> raccoons are very serious <laughs> little animals, man. And we're gonna get into that later into the the quote strength of uh, of raccoons. So. Mm -hmm. How did raccoons get in Germany? What's going on? So apparently in the 1930s, a forest official in Germany who wanted to increase the biodiversity in Germany released a breeding pair of raccoons <laughs> down into the wild <laughs> and just launched them out there. And so that happened. And uh, then... <laughs> Not too long after this, during World War II, a fur farm was bombed. And so at this point, beginning in the 20s, raccoons were being imported into Europe for fur farming. Because this was in the period when everybody would wear all the fur coats and shit. And uh, so this fur farm was bombed. And all these, there was like 20 raccoons escaped into the woods. And so that led to uh, an increase in the breeding population. Uh, and, Proud of them. Yeah. You know, and so, so now apparently there's a legend with the raccoons uh, introduction in Germany that apparently says that it's that no, no, the raccoons were actually introduced uh, into Germany by Hermann Göring, who was the founder Nazi dickwad of the Gestapo, but that isn't oh. the case. Uh, it seems that it was what a weird thing to say yes uh but that does not seem to be true it seems that they were okay. released and then later uh they released themselves into the wild following a fur farm uh explosion so what a strange rumor to start i, I don't know i don't know but there <laughs> it is and now the raccoons spread all over europe listen it's i saw a distribution map and i was very surprised at how the humble raccoon has really carved itself a nice distribution all yeah. across yeah. Europe, all across it. It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, in many of these places, it's listed as an invasive species, a big time, mm -hmm. big time invasive species. The whole problem, a whole ass aggressive problem. <laughs> they love to be aggressive. And so 
They can really take a toll on native species for a lot of reasons. One, their additional competition that showed up in a pretty short time span. And considering how delicate ecosystems could be a lot of the time, when you inject something like that, especially something that's so versatile and opportunistic that will eat all of these different food yeah. sources and they're voracious, uh, it 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 just adds a lot of competition. And some of this is within a handful of decades, not even that long of time since they came in. And raccoons aren't subtle. No. Like they're not nothing about slipping them. in undetected. No. no. They're no. like a they're like a they're like every you know like in every like mob movie, there's like the the one like really like loud dude who's sort of just like kind of the He's the goof. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He mm -hmm. doesn't really have... Nobody takes him seriously. But he does always talk about, like, how he gets all the mob shit done. But, like, he's just there. That's what a raccoon is to me. They they are loud. Uh, there have been moments before that I've just, like, been on the back decking, especially in the summertime when, like, dusk is a long period of time. And I'll just be sitting out there and being quiet. And I'll start hearing them bumbling up towards, like, the banisters because sometimes they try to sneak in. We had a whole period of uh, trying to... Uh, fight with raccoons about a year ago because they kept Great. trying to steal our fish food for the aquaponics Great. system. Yes. <laughs> and they're so smart. Uh, but you would hear them and they sounded like a herd of buffalo coming up to the house. They are not quiet. They just bumble <laughs> through the leaves and I would just listen to them coming on up <laughs> all the way <laughs> out of care. the woods. They don't give a shit. No, they don't care. Because they're, cause they're, they're like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Stubborn Austin, like they just keep coming at it. I know mom had an issue with them trying to get her squirrel feed. They're such or not squirrel feed, her bird feed adversaries. Bird feeders are a common issue when it comes to raccoons. They that's oftentimes Anything where humans did. and raccoons clash. Uh, it's bird feed. Bird feeders is a, is a common and, one. And she's got wildlife cameras and stuff, so she would make all these crazy ways to like try to keep the raccoons away and they would just figure it just every yeah. goddamn time they'd figure it out they'd look at it and they'd kind of try and trial and error it and then they'd eat the shit out of her bird food yep. and she'd call me and be enraged yep we talk time. a lot about the raccoon brain later and how uh if you underestimate a raccoon in any capacity you set yourself up for failure completely and wholeheartedly Ooh. and tenacious. very tenacious and i'm getting self-confident they got a lot of mm. self-confidence in themselves. They believe in their capacity to solve a problem. <laughs> and so the same thing is that we're not the same thing necessarily, but uh, there's an issue of these raccoons as well as in Japan. So there was a really popular uh, cartoon apparently in the 1970s called uh, Rascal the Raccoon. And this popular cartoon made it so that it was very trendy to import a whole bunch of baby raccoons into Japan as pets. And uh, if you know anything about raccoons, they oftentimes uh, grow up into spitting, screaming hellspawn because they're wild animals. And so then these wild animals would be just released out into the woods. This is a highly opportunistic creature. They survived. And now Japan is just overrun with raccoons and they did eventually enact a law to stop the importation but by that point it was too late it's too late what you can do there's raccoons everywhere bro it's too late they're already there they're at your back door waiting <laughs> dude <laughs> the way 
the way some species have like tried their hardest and not been able to make it i feel like looks at a raccoon like it like it's just a a goddamn a a laughing in their face raccoons are absolutely remarkable like researching them and i love raccoons like but at the same time like you can't they are absolutely gray morally they are just such gray creatures because, and of course, like it's an animal, you know, like, of course, it's like trying right. to survive, but their capabilities make them such a complicated little creature. And I love that for them. I love everything about that. But at the same time, they are a huge fucking problem. And so it's just, it's, it's an interesting issue that they pose, especially since they are so capable of surviving just about anywhere. They're going to figure it out. They're going to figure it out some way or another. And they're going to mess you up. They're going to mess you up. And raccoons have a very diverse diet. They, listen, they love tree nuts. They'll eat a nice acorn. They'll just nom nom a nice little acorn. They love the nuts. They love the nuts. They love a they'll throw down with some bugs so all you guys that are already lamenting about the big cicada boom coming this year which i for one cannot wait serenade me with your sounds cannot wait dude i'm going to absolutely vibrate out of this realm of existence i can't wait. i will until the very last like fourth of cicada season and then at that point, I, I will just sort of stare a hole into the ground and be like, enough, enough, goddammit, oh, enough. God, I can't As wait. I do every year. I can't wait. And so those of you, though, that are not a fan of that sound coming for you soon to an area near you, <laughs> uh, <laughs> raccoons eat the shit out of them. They love them. Crunch, 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 crunch. And, Can you uh, imagine the crunchy treat? Oh, that a cicada would be. I can because every cicada season, the first thing my dogs do when I let them out every morning is try to scan the area under the porch light of cicadas that fell throughout the night. And they're not dead; they're just laying there. So the moment the dogs catch them, they just start ah, screaming. Just screech. And I hear the I hear the 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 crunch. They love it enough to do it every day. So I know it must be delicious for them to do. But anyway, raccoons are helping you out. They're cutting those cicada screams short for you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And if they're not doing that, what else do they eat? Listen, maybe they'll go fucking chow down on a baby rabbit or rip a chicken's head off. They're, listen, they're capable They'll do it. Don't put it past them for a second if they can find one. Uh, or you know, maybe, you know what? Maybe they'll enjoy enjoy a nice fruit, a nice berry that they can they can pluck off of a bush and be nice. And, or. How pleasant. Or maybe one is walking and it finds this just wafting, steamy chunk of carrion. And it's like, you know what? <laughs> I haven't had carrion in a while. Like, I could... I could eat a little bit. I could eat a little bit of, of carrion and a little bit of rotten flesh. Just a little nibble. <laughs> Nobody's going to tell. They might do that. They might do that one day. Or, or maybe it lights a couple of candles and it puts a little napkin in its lap. And it's like, I'm going to have this wonderful dinner of turtle eggs that I found. And I'm also going to eat this 
dead turtle mother because I killed her too. And I'm going to eat this all and this lovely spread just, just for me. <coughs> or maybe it wanders down to the local farm fields and just wreaks absolute havoc. It just throws down on all the crops that are out there. It has a time. It eats until it is full and has a fantastic. And you know what? Maybe after that, it does a beautiful 10 out of 10 swan dive right into the juiciest, wettest dumpster that it could fucking find. Yeah. Like, oh, they love a dumpster. That's the yeah. day of a raccoon's diet. They can eat anything. Oh. They can eat anything. They've got very strong oh. stomach acid. Not like vulture level strength, but like very strong. Apparently stuff moves through their little bodies pretty damn mm. quickly and they just burn. They burn right through it. They could shove it in their mouths. Wow. They can usually eat it. They're <clears throat> industrial. That's what a raccoon is to me. They're industrial. E- little eating machines. And mm. they are so, God, they're just so gluttonous. They're so fun to watch eat. Like when we were dealing with this one stealing our fish food, and it was a little family of raccoons stealing our fish food. And we had it in the, like this closet kind of in the back decking area. <laughs> And if we left that door cracked, even at all, if it wasn't perfectly latched, if it was like just pushed shut and wasn't latched, not only would they get it open, they could open the latches of the food container and get their little hands in there. And we've got a video that Hunter took from the back door. And it's he's filming this little raccoon and it's just sitting on its little fat butt. And it's just digging its hand, full fist, digging its hand Love into it. the fish food and just like nom nomming really hard. <laughs> And Hunter, like, knocks on the glass, and it's got its hand in, it's like a cartoon, it's, it freezes, and its hand is outstretched, and it just continues moving its hand towards its mouth and keeps eating, and it doesn't care, it doesn't care about anything, dude. No, dude, they don't give a shit. I saw one eating dog food out of, like, someone's dog bowl. Yes. Like, like, through the back, and it was just sitting there with its little hands out, like this, and it would just kind of... And do its little, you know, thing. And I remember watching it for a little bit. And then we were kind of like, okay, we should maybe shoo it away. So we knock on the door. And it, I mean, same thing. I don't think this one even looked at us. I think he just kind of like, you know, its ear kind of like twitched. Yeah, the so little like, rotation. You know yeah. yeah. But like, it just kept chowing down. Take your shit. <laughs> Crack what if I was a tiger or something, brother? Care. About to come eat your shit. Come on. <laughs> and so raccoons are primarily crepuscular which is one of my favorite words i love the word crepuscular tastes like butterscotch always just nom 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 and that means so they're active at dawn or dusk and or nighttime or but you know like dawn or dusk and nighttime nocturnal creatures pause crepuscular tastes like butterscotch to you yeah i don't make not like pus no okay yeah, I don't know why, but it does. It's good. I like it. Crepuscular. Huh. That's okay. And so the thing is, though, about raccoons, and this is the case for many other uh, nocturnal creatures, is if you see a raccoon out in the day, it doesn't automatically mean that it's got rabies. Rabies. Uh, rabies. Sometimes, uh, especially during cub rearing season, when you got like a mom that's raising three to five cubs, she's maybe having to go out in the daytime too, adjusting her schedule a little bit to get some food and like, you know, survive. Okay. So that's true. But what would you do if your son was you at home? Do? Crying all alone on the bedroom floor because he's hungry. This raccoon is out sleeping with a man to make a little bit of money and his daddy's gone. 
some more smoking rock now. In and out of lockdown. <laughs> she ain't got a job now. So for you, this is just a good time, Macy. But for her, that's what she calls life. <laughs> it's well Stupid. placed. No, I liked it. It was seamless. <laughs> so, Dumb. but later, so she's got these babies and she has them in a den or she has them wherever she has them. They're going to, until like 40 days, they got to stay in the den. So she's got to hunt and bring the food back to feed all these kids. And so... She might be hunting out in the day, you know, or foraging out in the day. It doesn't mean. I immediately think rabies. Immediately. Well, so. Every time. There, it's That's not without reason. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, but it is. So this is not like one of those nice situations where like the daddy bird stays and helps and is like a good parent. Like the mom, oh, little mom raccoon. No, that doesn't seem very raccoon. No, the mom raccoon does all of this on her own. Uh, sometimes they live in family, like little family groupings. But generally, like it, it's the the dude <laughs> fucking he, he nuts and leaves. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> and so she might be out hunting. However, that isn't to say that raccoons don't carry rabies. They can, among many other things, including like canine distemper, which can spread to humans. Like they just, they're full of bugs. Okay. Don't yeah. fuck with raccoons and leave them alone. Don't fuck with raccoons. Don't fuck with bats. Yeah. What like I, I know they're this. cute, you know, and they got these cute little fat bodies and their little black mask and their little hands that just look so cute and their little tail that's got the little bands on it. And it's fucking cute, but they will fuck you up so quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, so oh, yeah. fast. They're not a little. Those little hands are like knives. Oh, my God. They're just they just want to tear you. They want to mess you up. They want to mess you up. They will mess you up. Nothing and they make bring them more pleasure. They yeah. like make the possum seem like an absolute fucking nutsack. In comparison, <laughs> like just when you compare the two, it's not even. Yeah. And I love yeah, the possums. possum seems pretty, pretty toothless compared to a. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, totally different system of view in the world. Two different worldviews between those those two creatures. And on the note of rabies, while, of course, not all raccoons have rabies. And if you say that's not the case, uh, rabies are they are one of the greater carriers of rabies as a species. So they do, it's not uncommon. They carry rabies often. You don't want rabies. Trust. You probably already know that because most people have spent the few minutes of reading the rabbit hole of what happens of, uh, getting incurable rabies when you can't catch it in the beginning. And it's fucking scary. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. Rabies is one of those things that like is left over as a kid like childhood fear you know like there are certain things as an adult that you don't quicksand quicksand that's the first yes it's it's such a common one for kids and that's so funny and then you grow up and you're like "Eh, whatever rabies though rabies dude i had a possum like look in my direction one time and this was before i knew about possums not really carrying rabies or anything and i spent three days testing if i could still touch water it was awful. That tracks. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I get it. I get it. I get it. I convinced myself I couldn't breathe for a little while and that was fun to fixate on as a child. Uh mm-hmm. so if you see a raccoon, give him a wide berth. If it's a raccoon in the wild, just leave it alone and try to control their outlets for mischief. Because we gotta talk about 
their mischievous nature. And good well, luck with crying, trying to control their outlets for mischief, because anyone who has tried to outsmart raccoons, like you were saying earlier, will tell you that they're really fucking intelligent. These are smart little animals. And it got me thinking, how smart are raccoons? How smart are they really? Give them the SATs. They've done intelligence tests with raccoons. And raccoons test just under primates. These are highly what? intelligent animals. Very intelligent. Whoa. They show very high intellect that leaves cats and dogs in the fucking dust completely. And these little guys huh. are opportunistic, largely because they can be. They are smart enough to reason and problem solve, and they will fucking do it. And their brains are wired for problem solving. They they love it. They're, they have a natural proclivity for it. And huh. Vanderbilt University did research on the brains of animals and how many like neurons there were because there's believed to be a correlation between like neurons and brain size equating to intelligence mm -hmm. and intellect. And they had an average of 438 million neurons which in their little teeny tiny skull is actually a pretty high concentration. There's a lot of brain power in that little brain case. Is is that compared? Is there comparison numbers to like us or? Uh, or? So we're like way off the charts in comparison. Um, yeah, we are. Yeah, brother. Yeah, it Big was brain. like it was like in the billions or something like that. Fuck yeah, it is. Um, but they humans, humans. Okay, you. It's like a you. I don't exactly remember. Uh. I, I did read a little bit about how it compared to other things, but it was the size that made it like kind of a dual comparison because it wasn't just about the number. Mm. It was the fact that they've just got like these kind of little bitty heads with all of these neurons Compressed. packed inside this small brain. Mm. And uh, if it was based just solely on that, they still would be ranked amongst privates in intelligence just by the, the like potential brain power on paper but apparently there have been intelligence tests administered uh one of these is where and this is not just done for raccoons but apparently this is just done with animals to see if they can figure it out and so they've got a vessel right they've got like a tall vessel and they put like a little treat and one in this ex example i saw it was like a marshmallow right so they like drop okay. a marshmallow in the bottom and there's like a little bit of water or liquid at the bottom and it's too far for the animal to get. So they drop this treat down and it can't it can't grab the marshmallow. So it's reaching its hand and it, it can't get the marshmallow. And so then they show the cre the little animal, whatever they're testing, they'll drop little pebbles or something into the water and show like it will raise the water okay. level and raise yes. the, the, the little marshmallow up. And uh, raccoons, not only, so they were able to observe and replicate this pretty commonly. They were able to figure this out like, oh, okay, I can use tools. I can put these rocks in and I will get this out. Uh, some other raccoons in very raccoon fashion said, fuck this. I'm going to make my own way. And it just knocked the whole vessel over and got the marshmallows out that way, which that's a raccoon. That's what they're going to do. They're gonna, very brutish. They're going to get the very bag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're gonna smash the door in. They're just gonna get it. it. Yeah, they're. But they know it was able to know, like, or fuck all this, and I can just yeah. knock this over, and I know it's gonna tumble out. Like, I, I know that this is gonna fall over. I get how gravity works, 
And, and it's already wet, just how they like it. They're fine. They can put their little hands on it and be like, ooh, it's sugary and sweet and sticky. And then they yum, yum, yum. And then they'll lick their little hands and they'll have a great time. Yeah. Little sticky, sticky rodent paws. Oh, they love it. They love it. They are not rodents, though. Okay. They're technically more, they're closer related to weasels and bears. Bears. Yeah. Which okay. makes sense. Let me look at Imagine a bear sized raccoon. Terrible. Terrible. Like, and it still acted Smashing like a raccoon. House. Yeah, it still yeah. had the same tendencies. And if it's you walk up on butt. it, it still goes like <laughs> at you, but it's like 800 pounds size of a grizzly. It's so scary. It's the size of the dumpster. <laughs> Terrifying. God. It's so cute. So cute. Oh, God. I'd want to ride one. I'd want to oh my God. have one as... In the battle? Yeah, bro. Oh, it's scary, honestly. Yeah. Can you imagine those hands? It would just rip a head off a body in a heartbeat. And they love ripping off heads. Yeah. They're really good at it. Ooh. Ooh, really? Yeah, they'll rip off a chicken head in a heartbeat. Cool. Yeah, yeah. They they love to kill chickens. The whole, the, <laughs> they love it. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, if you've ever been camping at a state park, you have had to, you're walking right into the turf of street smart raccoons, first of all. They know everything that you think you know to trick them. They're so far ahead of your game. They know all the fucking tricks. They know tricks. how to get in your fucking cooler. They know yeah. how to get everything. Those latches on that tote that you think that you're, they can't get open, that all of your food is in, that you think they can't, they can. And if they can't open them yet, come back in a couple years, maybe a year, and the news will have traveled, and these raccoons will have figured it out, and they can open that, that they wouldn't. They, they all keep learning. They're going to fucking figure it out. And... This ability to reason is what keeps them learning and adapting, which is why their populations correlate with ours. So, like, they're trending upwards in population, going right alongside us without difficulty hmm. at all. They're going to learn how to unlock our cars. Sure. They'll figure it out. I wouldn't be surprised if one was able to make yeah. the connection. They're like, that key fob thing that they touch. Like, if it could get hold of it, I think they could figure it out. They could, they're highly trainable. And get them a set of lock picks. They'll be in there. They'll think like they, they listen. They love a puzzle. It seems that they they love it. And they're not just living with us like alongside us. We are making smarter raccoons. They are learning from us every day and they're adapting. They're like AI. They are. They seriously are. And they're adapting all the while to take advantage of this living arrangement that they are I think, doing far better at than we are. And again, they're opportunistic largely because they can be. They go after what they want because they've got the brains to to pull it off. You know, like a lot of creatures will be like, oh, that's out of my reach. Or, oh, you know, no, like they don't even, a raccoon didn't give a shit about that. If it sees something, it's like, I could, I could do that. I could, I could get that. up there. Yeah. yeah, I could get up there. A dog will just stare at it sad for like a couple hours. Yeah. But a raccoon it, will go get it. Like not only does a raccoon have the physical capability, it has the mental capability to puzzle out a clever way to get up there. Like it can figure out how to – it can solve problems. And I uh, found – so I went – I was on the Reddit thread just for funsies of some people who had some stories about fighting raccoons on their own turf trying to figure out how to outsmart raccoons. And uh, 
this started a correlation that I found of this word that was fun. But this was from, uh, so here's a, here's a submission that we had. I used to have a raccoon stick for a dumpster at a previous job. I seen a whole family climb out. They're strong as hell. And that was posted by <laughs> user, uh, user butt snorkeler. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so strong. Oh, uh-huh. They're strong. And I was like, that's a very interesting word choice, but snorkeler. And so I looked into that and wanted to find out a little bit more. And then I found this article that was written in the same kind of like choppy way. This is an article, CBC article, three smartest animals in your backyard. These black, gray, pudgy animals are often called nuisances, but they're smart. Raccoons are the second smartest animal, and they enjoy the nightlife and are extremely strong. (laughs) They enjoy the nightlife. Why are they strong? Can you imagine? Oh, they enjoy the nightlife, and they are strong. They enjoy the nightlife. Oh, Chad GBT wrote that article, and I know it. So uh, they are, so it's like, okay, strong, sure. But they are actually physically impressive creatures, which is funny because they look like little dough balls. They look like little dumplings that you can just put in a little steamer and just nom, 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 and just oh, eat them up. But they, I would, oh, dude, mm-hmm. brosive. Give me one Give me right like now. Give me a bow bun. Yes, man. Put it just all up. And, you know, they, yeah. but they're not, they actually can really, they can really move when they need to. So they're one of the few uh, animals, mammals that can descend a tree head first. So they can climb straight down instead of needing to go down with their little butt. They can just go straight down. Uh, and they are excellent swimmers. They can swim very well. So they can climb every mountain and ford every stream or whatever the fucking saying is. And if they have something that's in a basically a tangent line that they want to go get, they're going to get there and they're going to get over every obstacle. Unstoppable. Unstoppable. Incredible animals. And like they, so raccoons, I was like, where do they sleep? Do they, what do they, do they, do they rest? Do they sleep? Do they rest ever? And apparently they like to den. They are denning creatures and they'll den in hollow trees which apparently that is something that i saw if you have old hollow trees that you're cutting down please take a little time to maybe try to scare the critters out of it because a lot of raccoons die from people cutting down old trees and they die in the fall because they've not been they didn't know you know so if you're going to cut an old tree down take a moment to maybe like see if you can vacate uh everybody out of there um they they like uh old foxholes that have been abandoned things like that uh issues can arise because they also love a good chimney or an attic raccoons in the attic are a common issue and then you suddenly have a family of raccoons in the attic because generally this is going to be like a a a single mom who's got her her cubs she needed a dry place she found an attic she wants to keep them there until they get old enough for her to take them back out again and Mm -hmm. Uh, what do you do what do you do? You just so, call animal control? I, well, I looked into this, and this is it, all around. This seems to be a difficult situation because a lot. So I, I went. I, I tried to find the best course of action here, and some rehab sites just flat out say, "If you can leave them, try to." 
because they'll probably move out their way. Once they, after about, I think it's like eight weeks, uh, the cubs get big enough and then she, they're going to start venturing out and she teaches them to forage and they go about their way and either rejoin their little family grouping or, you know, go about their business. Uh, if not, try to trap them all together. Apparently there's like a lot of ways that this can go inhumane and south where the mother is separated from the cubs. Some places just mm. seal the mother out of the attic and separate that way and just leave the cubs there. Um, So it seems there are more humane ways to remove all of the family together, which seems to be the high priority, unless you can leave them there and just leave them. Looks like you just got roommates. Well, and I tried to imagine this. I tried to imagine the situation. I put me and Hunter in this situation. I was trying to imagine it. I was like, I imagine the conversation of me being like, let's just leave them. Let's just... Let them stay up there for eight to nine weeks. They're going to move on. And I could just see him being like, we can't have a family of raccoons living in the insulation of our attic. And I was just, I just imagined it. But I would want, I would want to, because like the thing is, I mean, like the babies are going to make like a a little bit of waste. I'm sure. Of course they are. But like the mother raccoon's not going to shit in the den. Like she actually raccoons are weird about their waste. They uh, they're clean about it and they use communal latrines. Apparently they're called latrines and regional. It's like a whole regional grouping of raccoons will all go shit and piss in the same area. And they're called raccoon latrines. And it's like they keep it all there and they don't go near their dens. But they all use this communal (laughs) space. Ew. Yeah. Just wander, just taking a nice hike. Yeah, and you stumble upon it. Come across one of those. Vein of raccoon waste that's layers deep. Um, But uh, you know, they eat some terrible shit. Oh, with their diet? Yeah. Oh my God. No, I can't imagine. So it's not, it does all around, it seems like it's not an easy thing to have them in your attic. And it's a situation by situation basis and try to be as humane as you can if the situation arises, if they have to be moved keep them all together, make sure that it's like a a good rehabbing situation and do not fuck with them. You specifically do not fuck with them. Let if yeah. you're going to move them, have professionals come out and do it and hire professionals yeah. that care. Um or don't at all. Or yeah. I, I I would I would absolutely just let them stay in my attic. I would, I would. Um so uh contrary to common belief they do not hibernate raccoons do not hibernate while they do den up uh especially with cubs and during periods of cold they will still venture out on like a good warm day like the weather we're having today the raccoons are going to be out and about tonight because it's it's winter time they're denning sure but they're going to take advantage of the the food times to go out and get something to eat get some food yeah so longevity wise raccoons can live approximately max upper end 15 to 16 years now, in the wild, we're probably talking about five, you know, around average, uh, with the second year claiming the most raccoons of all of the years, which makes sense because uh, for some, like some, and it varies by region and season, but some raccoons stay with their mother for the first year of their lives as little babies Losers. until they go about their, I don't yeah, no, I was like, oh, they just hang out with mom. Some leave earlier. Some leave in only a handful of months, six months or so. Um, but some of them go on MILF Manor. Some of them do go on MILF Manor as soon as they possibly can when they are just out I think of their, Joey's a just out of their teens. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's definitely a cub in this instance. Uh-huh. And so he, he, <laughs> not Joey. Um, 
So these raccoons are a year old. They leave their mom the first year of their life. Second or the the first year of their life, they're on their own. Is their second year, and they're more likely to fuck up and do something stupid. And that's generally Makes most sense. highest year of mortality. But it seems that they make it through that year. They're smart enough to stick it out longer. Um, okay. So apparently, raccoons are pretty social creatures. They live in small little groups called nurseries. Uh, that's what a grouping of raccoons is called, is a nursery. Uh, I also called saw them called a gaze, G-A-Z-E, a Z-E, a gaze of raccoons, which I... That's cool. The masks, I wondered if that was why, because they all, you know, you, like, see them looking at you. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, so I was like, that's pretty... I'd never heard that before. But uh, females live in larger little small groups, so maybe six to ten, perhaps, you might have a little family uh, a little group sorority. in. Sorority. Yeah, a little... A little 24-7 hen party going on. But the uh, the males, too, will sometimes buddy up with each other, making smaller little ragtag groups, which isn't uncommon with male animals. Uh, two to four or so, which is cute and good for them. You know, they buddies. got some, some buddies. Yeah. And Aww. so let's get to the metaphysical. Go take care of your kids, though. No, they have no interest in that. They they literally just want to get back with their bros and go ramble the countryside yeah. some more. <laughs> They're Sagittarius. They're just like, I'm just picturing like the four hobbits in the Lord, just like oh, going on their nighttime walks around the Shire. Raccoon. Yeah. So for the metaphys, right up at the top, I think we've got to consider the problem solving energy that we have going on with this animal. Because it is a creature that not only has a proclivity for problem solving, it is going to solve that problem. It it doesn't just have the ability to, it is going to. It refuses to not. And it's not going to give up until it does. And it just keeps getting smarter the more difficult things are. And that's some interesting energy to, to work with, you know? And sometimes, listen, we just got to get ourselves out of a bind. And maybe we need to have our magic to do it. Or maybe we've got ourselves a goal in mind that we just really want to set our sights on. And raccoon energy is the way with this, I think. Because it is crafty and it's creative. And it's determined to the point to where sometimes it really feels like raccoons are also just receiving fun and enrichment from the challenge. Like if you've had to face off with raccoons, it's like you yeah. can tell they had fun solving. It's like you left them an activity, well, not a challenge. I was going to say they don't ever seem uh, frustrated. No, with, they love it with the task at hand. Whereas you like, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of other do- uh, of other dogs, I guess. OK, dogs. That, you know, you can give them their little uh, thinking toy treats mm-hmm. where they have to, like, slide the shit around. They'll get visibly frustrated. Mm-hmm. Like, you can tell that they're, like, angry about it. I've never seen a frustrated raccoon. Fucking cool as a cucumber. Yeah. I, they believe they can figure this out. I yeah. know that. They're just they, like, I'm going to get it. They have this it's cool confidence. Time. They just know that they're going to figure it out. And that's just really good energy because it turns problem solving maybe into something a little bit more playful and rambunctious like never losing sight of the goal in mind ever because a raccoon never fucking does but they add an element of play to their solving and raccoons see an opportunity when most creatures would see defeat they're amazing they just don't seem to be troubled by an issue at all. They're just like, like okay. If I can get to this bird feeder, and I will, 
I'm gonna have all that food. <laughs> yeah, it's they work it and they don't worry so much. It seems about the end goal. Like they just know that's gonna happen. They're like, first off, you know what I got to do? You know what I got to do? I got to get to that pole. And then when I get to uh, that yeah. pole, I'm gonna. I'll figure out my next. I'm step. gonna. Fi- I think that's the, that's just how they work. They don't get so caught up in and the the big picture. They're just kind of A to B. They're gonna get there. They're gonna set their mm. fucking sights on it, and they're gonna use their little hands, and they're gonna get there. And they are surprisingly wise with this. And they have the ability to work as a solitary creature and as a unit, which is an additional threat to the the situation. (laughs) But it's like, and their energy is just, if I had to, I feel like if you had to put it into one word, it is resourcefulness. They are resourceful to the purest degree they're gonna make do they are gonna use what they have which is their mind and their body with its weird abilities that doesn't look like it is able to do but it can and maybe a support (laughs) network because they probably have a support network behind them whether it's a couple of bros or some gal pals around that can can help them out and there's numerous stories of people witnessing raccoons working together to like raid bird feeders like standing on shoulders and stuff like that like using each other in ways to help solve problems so they can work together as a team and Again, I said it at the top, and I'll say it again because it's the truth. The biggest mistake you can make is underestimating a raccoon, period. And that's some good energy because we all get underestimated on. You know, people wrongly judge us, you know. And I think there's just something interesting about when your misjudgment is turned against you, you know, because that's what happens with raccoons. We're like, oh, look at that cute. Look at that cute little, little sweet little mask, just little doughy sweet baby. And then it either robs you blind or it like rears up and it's like, (laughs) just like screaming and and spitting. And you're like, oh shit, you know, there's something amazing about that. (laughs) Like, because, and and this might just be me. I want, I hate being underestimated. I fucking hate it. Mm. So when you have that moment of like ripping off the the veil and you're like look at me bitch it's fantastic and i just feel like you get that with raccoon energy because like it's it's a real gandalf the gray throwing his row off and he's gandalf the white i you know and i see him in that moment because as much as it frustrates me because it's like buddy why are you doing this to these guys they've been through a lot you've got to know they've been through a lot like do you think they want to run into the saruman the white right now like you think this is what they want i know you just needed this and i at the same time buddy i get it Again. That was a treat for him. He had to yeah. make the reveal. I mean, he's Gandalf the White now. I mean, yeah. honestly, tell me and their history of Roman and tracking together, Aragorn didn't do something to warrant getting his hand burned by his sword. I'm sure that Gandalf <laughs> had been sitting on that for a while. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aragorn said something a little sassy one day and Gandalf just fucking held on he to stored it. Through his deep. death and space and time. Yes. And every, it just <laughs> When he got to come back to finish this purpose, he was like, I gotta take another I gotta have one got, more side I got thing. Score stuff to I gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 
Yes. I feel like for the the raccoon, so say you're in a situation in which you have been feeling underestimated, and this can happen in a whole lot of ways. Maybe you are working in a career field in which you are not taken seriously because of the way you look or the way that you were born or anything like that. For me, I've always been like, I've always been underestimated because of my size for like not having any strength whatsoever and like being acted like my uterus will fall out if I pick something up and it happens to me every single time I fucking go to tractor supply to get dog food and I can carry this dog food bag okay you don't gotta ask me six times like oh are you sure you, you don't need you don't need one of like the guys to come get no I don't need that I'm walking out to my car this is a 30 pound bag but are you sure like I can get somebody yeah I can fucking carry this bag okay it's 30 Man, pounds you're four feet tall uh, you need help. I literally have started using self-checkout because I can just get out of there without getting interrogated about <laughs> carrying fucking dog food out of the store. But it's like sometimes that energy, the reveal, when you get to like have a reveal of being Hoist like, it yes, over your head, like there's yeah. like there have been moments like to where I helped move I, I helped like unload some furniture out of a truck one time with some previous bosses that i had and like was helping move stuff and like they, like at one point i was like leading the backup out of the truck like carrying the stuff and lowering it down and like they gave me like oh well be careful so oh never mind i forgot you're strong and it's like yeah you fucking <laughs> i'm helping you i'm leading this unload but it's like in those moments you're like fuck yeah i am fuck yeah i am I'm here. Did you not notice? Where have you been the last goddamn hour? But ego or not, it is. Those moments of that satisfaction of being like, thank God, I'm at least getting noticed for something that should be obvious that I shouldn't have to just crawl my way out of because of the way that I look or whatever. I feel Mm. like that's that raccoon energy. And it's somebody else's loss for underestimating you. And that's a perspective that I like. It's a little sneaky. It's just kind of like, and and to remember, it's not the other way around. It's not your loss necessarily for being underestimated. Does it? Is it not fair? Yes, absolutely. It's not fair sure. that you were being underestimated. But sometimes being the dark horse is the place to be. Sometimes yeah. that's sometimes you you the want spot. a little bit of that um, not plausible deniability, but you you know what I mean. Like you want some of the unsuspect to be on you you don't want all the yeah you want to fly under the radar until it's time to throw off that robe well and i again we have the raccoon which finds opportunity in places that others might consider defeat and like the raccoon maybe we got to figure it out maybe we can figure it out and also like the raccoon maybe we got to make a whole new path and just tip the whole fucking glass over if we got to you know but i feel like when we put ourselves in raccoon energy we're just kind of like all right what what are we going to do here? Because obviously playing straight and narrow isn't cutting it. Like I've got to do something out of the box. I've got to handle this a different way. And I think you get this dark horse energy here because the raccoon is considered to be vermin. It is in the vermin class. And I think largely because of this underestimation, because when we think of vermin, we think of like cockroaches and mice. Here we have this animal that is just slightly less intelligent than fucking primates and it is operating in this class rampantly just ruling the genre because it's just like we stuck it there and it doesn't belong it's just currently outsmarting us right now it does have a little bit of like a 
I'm just a, I'm just a rat. We what call them me? trash pandas. Like, like yeah. they so <laughs> like, have their bluff in on not us. Me. I couldn't do it. What? Yeah. What? And they, because we think they are dumber than they are. And the more dumb that we think that they are, the more that they thrive against us. And unlike many species, they are not fans of being thwarted. And I just find that remarkable. And that's the energy. That's the like, I'm going to keep coming back until you fucking realize that, no, I'm a worthy adversary. Like, I'm, I am, I belong, I have a seat at this table. You think you're yeah. fucking smart? You think that you know shit? I'm coming for you with my little dumpy, sweet ass, okay? <laughs> dumpy. <laughs> and, and you're not going to see me do it. I'm going to do it at night. And you're going to wake up in the morning. You're going to find my aftermath. God damn it. Yes, they got me again. Fuck. And (laughs) I think that's the root of the energy that really stands out. They don't like being thwarted. They don't like it. And well, that's not to say like in our lives, we don't know when to call it quits because we, we really do need to know when to call it quits. But I do think sometimes we cut ourselves off. We cut ourselves off of things too soon. We thwart ourselves uh, Mm -hmm. far before we ever needed to because we might not feel we have what it takes to be in that space or operate in that arena to do what we want to accomplish. That's more what I mean here. So it's not saying like when somebody puts up boundaries, ignore them like raccoons do. Right. But like, (laughs) especially when it comes to matters of self-belief, you know, whether you want to learn something new or you are wanting to change directions in your life or things like that. But you kind of, it's settling into that groove of being like, no, I'm going to fucking figure it out because I can. I'm multifaceted and I'm going to channel this energy of doing it, figuring it out and thinking outside the box on a way to do it and not giving up just because an obstacle is presented because in this state of mind, an obstacle is an opportunity. It's a puzzle to solve, and puzzles are fun. Listen, they love this shit. They love a puzzle. It's enrichment. They just lap it up. And I just think it's a very interesting and tricksy perspective to operate in. So it's like, are you fucking zigging me? You zigging me? I zag at you. What do you think about that? Huh? And I do love the, like, of course, again, aside from, like, people's bounty, you can't just be like, I'm going to fucking hug you whether you like it or not yeah but i do like the i have a goal and like there there's no question about it like i'm gonna i'm gonna get there it's just a matter of how and how long mm-hmm. and yeah just being like that's that thing that thing that i want that's mine that's not even a that's not yeah. even a, the question you know i just i just gotta take the time to do it yeah i gotta and navigate cool. gotta navigate yeah. and bob and we even get there and i think that's the useful area to focus on because sometimes we can put all of our eggs in the end goal in the destination where this has is focusing on the journey. The rac- raccoons live in the moment. They're wholly in the present, solving what is before their eyes. And I think sometimes that can help keep us in the here and now of being like, all right, that's where I want to be, but here's how I'm going to get there. And it's just in taking in the stimuli that comes to me. Maybe I need to wet my hands for a second. Maybe I need to touch, touch, touch my little fucking wet food, my situation at hand. Touch, touch, touch. And I need to touch it and I need to think about it and I need to look at it and figure out exactly what I'm going to do here. And then I need to puzzle it out and move forward somehow or some way because I'm not going to be fucking thwarted, goddammit. And that's that's the raccoon, the raccoon way. And 
it's going to utilize that intellect to continue forward. And if it needs to adapt, it's going to adapt. And listen, that raccoon, it's same for you. Maybe you got a hype team. Maybe you got a hype team of other buddies. Lean on them too, because a raccoon also is wise enough to know, listen, sometimes you need backup. Sometimes you need backup. Sometimes you need, you need help. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Stand on it and then steal that bird food. Steal all of that bird food. Take every fucking bit of it and shovel it into your yeah. little face and waddle off. Yeah, get the seeds. Accomplished. Oh, just put it in there. And Maybe if you're lucky, it'll be like one of those bricks that seeds oh, in yeah. peanut butter. Oh, my God. Or like find a yeah. suet little fat cone yeah. little, and it yeah, can just yeah, yeah, slurp yeah. that down. Just... Oh, I'd love it. It would love it. And raccoons, despite all of that, are models for dexterity. Now, oh, having not only remarkable dexterity in their hands, which we all know, we've all seen their little their little paws that can, or just you, I just have to, you just have to do the little finger wag. That's just what little, they do with their little little, little, little hands. Uh, but in their movement, they're excellent climbers. They're excellent swimmers. They're faster than you think that they are. They're quick despite little fuckers. looking like little. I know they look like little gumdrops and they can just completely go for it. You know what they are? They're Jack Black. Exactly. You don't expect. You You don't don't expect expect the range of motion. Yeah. The mobility, Mm -hmm. the speed and the unpredictability. Yes, absolutely. And like, despite the cute appearance, it's like, no, you can't. Boom. Yeah. I'll do the fucking splits. Yeah, exactly. And again, worse than you can do. Is underestimate a raccoon. It's the worst thing you can fucking do. And maybe can I get a shirt that just says us like underestimate underestimate a raccoon, and then like under it's just the worst thing you can the, the, do. The worst thing is at the top of the list. Yeah. It's top of the list of worst, worst things you can yeah. do. Underestimate a raccoon, yeah, and then underneath it, it's just like a list of terrible, things. horrible things. <laughs> horrible things. <laughs> up at the top. Underestimate a raccoon. Just don't do it. And maybe maybe you're having to navigate. A delicate situation. Something that's requiring perception and adapting as you maneuver through it. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's some workplace drama, some workplace scandal that's had a shakeup in the Ooh. office and you're just trying to navigate through it unscathed and not get roped into the goddamn drama. Maybe you're just trying to don't just let these eyes. Yes, fall on don't me. look yeah. at me. I'm just trying to scuttle between cubicles and not be seen. I just want to eat my snacks in my fucking cubicle. Leave me alone. Channel that energy. And or maybe it's a family rift. Maybe oh. uh, there's some family drama going on. And fortunately, or probably unfortunately for you, you're found to be the mediator. You're the one. Oh, you're the one that's really good at this. And I think raccoon energy can come in handy here because it's thoughtful and it's problem solving and it's creative and it's clever and has that element of play and lightness to it. But it isn't afraid to puff up and hiss as well when too many demands are put upon the raccoon or too many boundaries are pressed upon the raccoon because honestly and unfortunately again it's usually the helpers that often get taken advantage of and when i say the helper i mean the specific type of person the very kind-hearted helper of people we all know them we all have some friends that are helpers that are just these open-hearted helpers and they give and give and give to situations and so often they get taken advantage of by people that are like, oh, good, a helper. Good. I'm glad that you're here. You can take all of this upon your shoulders while we tell you what to do and uh, don't consider you at all while we do it. Okay. Thank you very much. Normalize hissing at normalize like it. a raccoon. Dude. Yeah. And so it's Just like, 
you helpers out there, you need to remember it is okay to hiss sometimes and be sometimes. like, I listen, I'll help you. I'm trying to navigate this fucking problem, but back off me. Okay? Yeah. Back off me. Yeah. I'm helping you. Maybe here's literally. the space. Maybe like, literally just actually. Just throw your hands up and swipe. Yeah. Swipe your arm. Just yeah. bat yeah. real quick. Just bat at the yeah. air and then like run away. Yeah. 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 Tuck and roll behind a corner. And that's that's all you need to do for a moment. And listen, mm -hmm. if they respect you at all, they'll go, ah, I'll come back later. Okay. Yeah. I'll come back later. Yeah. Noted. And if they don't respect you and they keep pushing, bite them and give them rabies. See? It's all about it's all about the energy we channel. And you gave a warning. His first. Always his first before you bite. <laughs> just as a practice. <laughs> So that I was, I want that on a shirt. Just his his <laughs> first bite later, out, and so anyway, you helpers remember that sometimes you need to be a raccoon. That's not to say you can't solve a problem, you can't be crafty, you can't be smart, but also hiss when you when you just keep having people plucking at you. It's it's fine. Uh, so got to remember raccoons. And now they are a bit more Machiavellian, I suppose, than we might want to be. But a raccoon is not going to pour from an empty cup. You got to think about the empty cup dealing with a raccoon here. Raccoon's not pouring from an empty cup. In fact, that raccoon is probably chilling in a dumpster full of at least half full styrofoam cups of, of multiple liquids. Like it's going to take care of itself. Raccoon's going to take care of itself. It has to take care of itself. And the raccoon, again, we're talking energy here. We got to talk about trickster energy because it is absolutely in that family. And when we talk trickster energy, you got to talk about play because I feel like that is the energy of the trickster. There's this playful energy. It, it's just, um, it's creative. It's a little spicy and interesting and uh, might surprise you in what they're going to do. And sometimes when we get older and life gets scarier and harder, we forget that we can still maintain this life experience that we've gained from being alive as long as we have, while also still playing. We can still play. And that's on the table for us at any time that we want to. And you never get too old to, to play. You can do both. Uh, and you don't have to trade the energy out, even though we were told to grow up. That like I feel like you get this element of like how in the raccoons seemingly when they find obstacles that they turn it's a game to them it's fun even the adversity is a game life's a game to these animals and I just think that's interesting to kind of just think about that for a little bit and be like we can find play all throughout the day if we let ourselves perceive it you know, the opportunities for it to be silly and to be a little bit more whimsical and childish, because I feel like the raccoon is an example of being a massive global success because of whimsy. Like it, it is like the raccoon, I feel like is the argument that is like why we need other programs or why art needs to be included in steam. You know, it, it doesn't need to be just stem. It needs to be steam because like, steam. I feel like yeah. that's where you get a lot of your, you, a lot of creativity coming, you know, like, I, I just feel like whimsy has a place 
in success, creativity, and thinking outside of the box, and thinking in a fun way. And they've used their playful intelligence as an asset. And uh, their perception, it's not rigid like a lot of creatures. It's still developing. They're getting smarter every day. They're learning all of our tricks. They're figuring out new latches. They're figiring they out are, new and shit. they love doing it. They yeah. love doing it. It's enrichment for them. It's so fun. And I just feel like they're childlike in that way because you see that with children. Children are hungry to learn stuff. And whereas we get older, it becomes more intimidating to learn. Picking up new skills might be like, oh, I don't know about that, you know, and things like that. Whereas a kid, sure, you'll give it a shot because for some reason the stakes don't seem so high and you just try it. And I feel like raccoons have that childlike whimsy of being like, fucking sure. Let's let's do it. Let's Let's try it. And... They're not getting aged out by creations that we keep throwing to try to trick them. And they're still learning. And they are loving it. They're figuring out. Because I think they have wonder. Raccoons have a sense of wonder about the world. And while like a dog or even a, you know, a a large number of other animals, you know, they might look at that tent zipper and not think a single thing about it. But a raccoon will look at that tent zipper and ponder what it leads to. And I it, think that goes somewhere. I think I can use my little hands. And I think I can grab that little zipper. Because I think I saw one I of these humans do this a minute ago. Food. I think there's food back there. And they have a good memory. And apparently in tests, like uh, there's other intelligence tests to where they will have a raccoon and uh, other animals. Because they're kind of ranking them against each other. And they'll have like three doors. And they'll have a treat behind a door. And then show the, show the animal which door had the treat behind it. And then they'll distract the animal and be like, oh, here's something yeah. over here. And then repeat the experiment with the treat behind the same door and see if they remember. And raccoons remember. They have a good memory. So they're watching people use these zippers. And then all it's got to do when you leave that campsite for a second, oh, so cute. You put your food in your tent because you thought that would keep the raccoons out. L-O-fucking-L. It's going to grab that zipper and it's going to open it. And it's going to climb, climb right into your tent. And it's going to steal everything that crime. you want. It's going to cry all inside of your tent. And (laughs) they're just amazing like that. And the world is their fucking puzzle box. And how interesting might our perception be of the world if we allow ourselves to slide kind of into that energy, to think that way, and puzzles things out for ourselves in a way of kind of being like, fine, fuck it. If it sucks, maybe that I've got to be in this scenario, but how can I, how can I employ some real out-of-the-box creative thinking here to utilize this dark horse energy that I apparently have found myself in. And I, uh, again, you know, they are more Machiavellian, but I feel like animal energy is a very distilled, concentrated well that we draw from. You know, we use kind of the the essence of it. And so while that's not to say like, yes, be the raccoon, because the raccoon could be a whole fucking problem. But essence of raccoon, you know, maybe it will kind of make us believe that we can like, not only love the chase, but believe we can win. And because we believe we can win, the chase is a blast. Because listen, we know we're going to get there. Like you were saying earlier, we're going to get there. We just got to like, we just got to get there. It's going to be, it's going to be okay. And I just feel like at the crossroads of intelligence and self-belief, you have raccoons. You have this humble animal that is so underestimated, unless you've had to fight them before, then you know, if you've dealt with their 
games you you know but we are talking about one of the smartest land animals in the u.s behind like fucking dolphins and crows like so intelligent because we don't have like primates like you know we don't have like monkeys here in the in the states so like this is up there especially on land so like this highly highly intelligent animal nobody's thinking about they just think they're little garbage little garbage creatures that will just eat so much that they just get cuter and cuter and can't climb trees anymore. Like, well, they don't think that that's a creature that is smarter than most other animals for miles, except for other raccoons. Mm. And that's interesting to think about, just walking outside there at the night. Foxes, not as fucking smart as raccoons. No, they've got it out there. They're running the show out there at night. That's why they're so no. successful. Fuck foxes. And just a fun little thing. They're, uh, again, their population is uh, increasing. And it's so fun. And it's always a relief. And I know that this one's kind of a double-edged thing because raccoons are an issue in a lot of places. But, like, when you look up endangerment, they're just ranked least concern. And it's like that we could not be <laughs> less concerned about these guys going extinct. <laughs> like, no, they're fine, unfortunately. Yeah, we're not even... That's not even the realm of things we're we thinking We don't about. even know what to do about how many we do have. So, <laughs> uh, And Whew. so basically to wrap it all up, underestimate a raccoon and you're going to learn a fucking lesson. And Get we can stitches. learn from this too, seriously, because sometimes we need those around us to learn what we're made of. And maybe we need to do so with dexterity. And maybe we need to do so with a little bit of creativity and thought with some craft. Because we weren't born looking or acting the way we're supposed to look in order to do whatever it is that we're wanting to do. Again, whether it's a field that we are in or whatever it is. If somebody's going to be foolish enough to underestimate you, Maybe then we can use our heads in a different way and say, okay, this fucking sucks, but maybe there's an opportunity here. Maybe I can outsmart these dickwads some way or another and use my sweet-ass crafty brain and my sweet-ass crafty hands and... My crafty brain. And figure out a way to utilize this to my advantage, you know, because... Just because we sometimes have to circumvent false judgments does not mean we have to give up despite them. And I feel like that's the energy we're working here towards. Like, no, 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 fuck you. Fuck you. I am going to show all of you, but I'm going to do it my way. And you're going to fucking regret it. And you might not like regret it, but like, you're going to fucking know it. And you're going to feel it. (laughs) So... Agate, in summary, wrapping all this up, the raccoon invites us to keep learning, keep seeking, keep your eyes open always for the next opportunity, because opportunity is everywhere. And because while we might see these little dudes as little sweet, little poke, little, little doughy sweet, gluttonous, little, little urban dumplings, you know, uh, they are far from complacent. And cities have had to alter their whole system of operations for dealing with shit to try to account for these little fuckers, having to try to set up, you know, trash rules and things like this to try to handle these raccoons because the raccoons just keep coming. Dude, at my college that I went to, there was a professor that started feeding raccoons. And within like two semesters, there was such a severe raccoon overpopulation problem at this university and they were all huge. 
every one of these raccoons was all huge and it, it they take no time they are so opportunistic they're gonna find a fucking way and they are legion and we need to remember that energy because sometimes we need that sometimes we need to do fuck around find out energy but like subtly my way yeah and i love that i love that for them i've learned uh to embody raccoon energy i need to go get absolutely racked on some good german beer yeah dude go slurp down an, a couple good drafts of beer and then stumble and just land face first in like a basket of half-eaten fish and chips and i feel like you are just like oh like a fairgrounds dumpster with like funnel cakes yeah. and corn dogs yeah, yeah. and shit oh. dude that's like, a dumpster I would climb into. Yes. To be a raccoon in that situation. Like, honestly, that's a guided meditation for oh, joy. Oh, are we going to do a raccoon guided meditation? That would honestly be uh, really, really fun. Like, you are the raccoon in the dumpster. Yeah. And you process and you all of the sensations. Yeah. The funnel cakes. And yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We also need to, uh, someone out there, listen, someone, if someone wants to draft up a, uh, a design for a big fat raccoon, partaking in some big fat raccoon things, and it just says urban dumpling. Nice. That sounds like. I like it. Some, we'll put on a shirt, man. So. Speaking of, have it. you seen the painting? I don't remember the artist. I wish I did. Uh, but the painting of the raccoon that's breathing fire on the cabin. Have you seen that painting? It's fantastic. It's a giant, no. giant raccoon. And the style is painted beautifully. And it's looming over this cabin, just dead-eyed, breathing fire, just torching this cabin. <laughs> and it's fantastic, dude. I love it. So Somebody cute. tag me in it. I want to see it. It's so cute. I would love to have a print of it. Uh, but, oh, speaking of prints, glad I said it because I can't remember anything. Um, Y'all. Gonna just go ahead and say next week we're launching mm. the print. Keep your yes. eyes open. Keep your eyes open. First week of Feb, we're launching the winter. Is this the winter, winter? one? Yeah, this is the winter one. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's out, bros. It's gorge. Yeah. And in and usual uh Lyra style, it is breathtaking and um what's the word? You can look at it and feel winter you know what i, I mean i, like I settled it, into this one. Of, you know i like settled yeah. into it and really looked at it for a long time and i love the textures of it i love the colors of it yes. i love everything yeah. about it and the way that it's placed it kind of draws your eyes up to places and then it draws them down and then it draws them it up and it draws them down yeah, yeah, yeah and i was just looking at it forever so that's coming out next week and also you guys were trying something new those of you that maybe have missed a print in the past you got holes you want to fill we're here to help you fill those holes okay yes. this is a little bit of a loophole no we are not reprinting past runs we never will never will we could not be more bullish on that but we've got a stack of overages extras prints that are numbered in the sequence but they were extras and we thought you know what 
maybe we could do a raffle ticket program. And so these digital raffle tickets are going to be for sale on the website, the WBH print shop. When it opens, you can get these tickets. We're going to carry them the whole time we're selling the new print. When the print date closes, we shut the site down and all of those raffle tickets are going to come with a unique order number. We're going to put all of those order numbers in a random generator and it's going to pull however many that we get. We're going to figure out how many raffle prints we do. But you winners are going to get to pick your print. Now, not the first Halloween one. Too fucking bad. There's no more. Those are all gone. So sorry. So sorry. Yeah. Other ones should be fair. But game. other than that, yeah. if you're missing one, yeah. we we will give you first pull, first first choice, I guess, yeah. as to wh- wh- which one you want. So um, I know for a fact there are a couple of you guys out there who lament the you you missed a couple or yeah. whatever happened happened and um this is a this is a chance to rectify that yeah again we're not reprinting them we're not reprinting them we've just got some no. extras and so you can try the raffle out that's coming next week guys uh so we'll probably open up the the shop on wednesday the next episode that we release we'll talk about it again but get ready because the print is gorgeous um I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it. I'm so excited. I'm going to look at it again when we're done recording because I just want to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. When we were talking about it, I was like, I don't want to go look at it again. Uh, it. As usual, it will be the album art for next week's episode. Um, and listen here. Please remember, you guys, that we, uh, as stated before, we have ad spots available to you. Uh, reaching out could not be easier. Send us, send us an email at uh, wbhpodcast at gmail.com and just say, hey, I do this thing and I'd like y'all to talk about it on the podcast and we'll be in touch. Mm. Also, send us your spooky stories, but spooky somewhere in the subject line. Um, we have a Facebook page where you can see a lot of the stuff we talk about. Somebody will probably find that picture of the raccoon breathing fire and pop it in there. We can all look at it and look at it and, and see. Uh, let me view my notes once more <clears throat> to see if I am forgetting anything that needs to be. Uh, we have a Patreon, of course, patreon.com slash podcast. Be a part of that Patreon shout out segment. Get your own song. Come be uh, a simp have with act- us every week. Come, come simp, simp with, with us. us. Simp with us tomorrow. Uh, we are continuing on with MILF Manor. God. And uh, I believe, I be Macy, you're the showrunner for I'm tomorrow. I'm the showrunner yeah? tomorrow, yes. And listen, we've got a lot of drama we're going to have to unpack. There's just shake up in the manor. And there, we're oh. going to have to get into it. And I don't want to, but we're going to. And I love so many of you guys, the comments that are like, so like, I am absolutely not watching this, but like, I love listening to you guys hurt. And listen, I'm glad that we can do that for you guys. (laughs) Um, I'm glad you're enjoying it. After that, Mm -hmm. uh, we're probably going to throw a few wimp caps down. We've got Bridgerton coming in May. I would really, I'm chewing, I'm chewing on the live action Avatar coming February 22nd. I'm I'm into it. I'm curious about it. I'm hoping, I'm wanting, mm. I'm wishing that it's going to be good. It better be good. D- dude, I'm real nervous. I'm I, just real nervous. I, I am too, but it looks like... We've been burned before. We've been burned before, but I've been following this one for months. The character design looks great. It, The casting looks great. Like I, they, There's characters in there that I'm shocked that they got down to a T, that they cared enough about to do. So I'm feeling hopeful god damn it so 
Let us know if, if you want us to talk about that. If someone doesn't yell my cabbages, I'm going to be upset. They got the same guy. They hired that guy. The same guy. That's like how much they're trying. That's how much they're... Good. They know. Thank God. They it know the hole they are digging out Fucking millennial that got burnt from fucking uh, yes, Shemlam Shemlam. and Yeah. Sh- sorry. And... and yeah, and yeah. Had to do it right. Yeah, no, they. I feel like that's the thing. It's like you know, like when something was so bad, you're like hyper cautious about it. Like that is what I feel like is being done here because everything looks so good and so spot on that I feel like they know what we've been through, the heinous bullshit that we had yeah. to, to to deal with. So yeah. I am I'm hopeful. <laughs> so maybe that maybe we simp capped that. Who knows. Thanks. I tell you, I saw that movie in 3D when it came out. I saw no. it in 3D in the theater. Oh, God. And uh, I went to, to to see it, and I was with my boyfriend at the time, and we both just kind of were like, hmm. And then after the fact, I remember the guy that I went with for for years talked about with just the level of hatred in his in his throat about how the only thing in that whole movie that was 3D was, like, the text at the end i remember that was during the era of the 3d film that they were they were really trying to push 3d films and i i remember going to watch a re-release of star wars episode one which ugh, like those are not the ones that i give a shit about it's the the early 2000s episode one two three except ewan mcgregor's in them um but uh I, i went and watched that and I do remember, it, it, there was another one. What did I fucking watch? Insidious? There was another one that was a real outlier that I watched that was in 3D that was not 3D at all. Like, I remember it was, like, not 3D. I remember all. there was, like, a Brandon Fraser, a Brendan Fraser movie. Fraser. Fraser? Not Fraser like Macy. Fraser? Fraser? I, I know he has specific feelings on how to pronounce it. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not doing a good job. But there was some movie that I remember was actually like i feel like it was actually good 3d like they put actual little elements of it and one of it was him leaning over the sink and spitting his toothpaste out delicious which as a kid i was like whoa but then like i feel like there were some adults in that theater they were like grass yeah oh (laughs) never mind i went the other way (laughs) no yeah it's a it is it's i mean i'm sure it was a it was a it was a little it was it sounds like it was probably a little bit cummy you know like a little bit (laughs) (laughs) all right and on that note we're gonna leave you guys again uh sorry for the intro um on my end at least i feel like i i got real really thrown off by the the visual aspect here but it is back so now all these things we've been talking about we'll be able to expect some big things expect some new things and um tell us what you would like us to do with these videos i you know we'll work we'll do something with them but they're here and uh my hair looks crazy and you'll get to see our rooms i guess (laughs) (laughs) come see our rooms um come look at our rooms cool all right. Yeah, I can. Right. I can't wait for Catch Twitch. you next time. I can't wait for shit to use computers with. You're going to see more of our faces. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. until then, we're going to leave. And we're going to yeah. turn the cameras off now. All and right. we're going to go. Goodbye.
scared a little sweet. 